Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. In the kingdom of God, God's standard is faithfulness. It's not giftedness. It's not talentedness, if that's even a word. Um, it's not, it's nothing other than faithful. And I love that because everybody can be faithful, right? I can't be what somebody else is. I got, I got a limited set of gifts myself. Uh, I am what God made me. And so with what God made me, I can be faithful. And every one of you, with what God made you to be, you can be faithful. Believers in Christ can often fall into the trap of believing they don't have enough to add to their service to God. You may see someone able to do something you can't. You may feel too unskilled to even work in God's kingdom. Today, Pastor Bill will challenge you to not believe those lies. God isn't looking for the most brilliant, talented, or exceptional people. He's looking for faithful people. He desires you to be willing, humble, and obedient. He will work through faithful people and do miracles. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 26 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. I can't look at my past or whatever I came from and let that determine where I'm going. Uh, because the day I met Christ, that was a crossroads. That was a, that was a transition in my life. I became new. And yep, up until that point, the major influences maybe had been family. But I got new influence now. And it's a more powerful influence than any human influence. Uh, it's God himself influencing us to change from the inside out. He not only tells us and shows us how to change, then he gives us his power to do it. Right? God shows us what he wants us to be, and then we're weak, and we're like, I can't be that. I'm too weak. I can't. God says, That's, I did. Ask me for help, and I'll give you the power to be it. The Bible says it is he who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. To will, to want to do it, and then to be able to do it. God said, I work in you to want to do it and to be able to do it. So I can do it if I want to with God's help. Amen? So let's do it. All right, next group, Ishakar, verses 23 to 25. The sons of Ishakar, according to the families, according to their families, and it, and it goes down the list. Them in verse twenty-five, these are the families of Ishakar, according to those who were numbered among them, sixty-four thousand three hundred. Uh, Ishakar is another tribe that gained. They started off at fifty-four thousand four hundred, and now they've added, and they have sixty-four thousand three hundred. So they gained nine thousand nine hundred people. Uh, the tribe of Ishakar did so. Uh, and I, I would point this out with the tribes that are gaining, they're gaining and multiplying in the in the midst of a time when everybody isn't doing it right. So um, I would look at the tribes and some of the tribes gained, some of the tribes lost. Um, the tribes that happen to flourish in this time, they're flourishing in the midst of a, a, an atmosphere where everybody's not doing things the way God wants. It's not like everyone's flourishing. So we're, we're, we're flourishing, they're flourishing, which is all encouraging each other in the right way. Some of them are obviously taking a different road. They're doing things different that, that they would be flourishing at a time when people right next to them are being depleted. And that's an important thing for us as believers that we would be able to flourish in God wherever he plants us. Uh, maybe God's not planted you in the most encouraging environment or atmosphere. Maybe it may be your own household or where you live, and it's not the most encouraging atmosphere to grow and flourish, but you can flourish and grow right there. Maybe the community that you're planning is not the most encouraging community. You feel like it's hard, but you can flourish and grow wherever God's planted you 
if, if you allow God to have his way in your life. Uh, the next tribe of uh, Zebulun, uh, verses 26 and 27. And so the, the sons of Zebulun, according to their families, their families, according to those who were numbered with of them, were 60,500. 60, so uh, they're a relatively small tribe, uh, but they gained a little bit. They used to be 57,400. Now they're 60,500. They gained a little bit. Uh, verses 28 through 34 deal with the sons of Joseph, uh, Manasseh. And um, as you look through the list of Manasseh, and then we'll see next, it'll be Ephraim. Uh, Manasseh gained, but Ephraim lost. And so Manasseh, it tells us, gained. Um, when they started off, they had 32,200 ready for war. 38 years later, at this point, they've got 52,700. And so they've gained by 64%. I think that's the biggest, uh, I think that might, yeah, that's, that is the biggest gain of, of these groups. Ephraim, his brother, you know, so they come from the same parents, but Ephraim, and there's the whole, we can go through the whole story with him, they lost. Ephraim started out with 40,500, and 38 years later, they have 32,500, so they lost 8,000 men. Um, once again, you got people that came from the same family, one, one gains, one loses. One moves forward and flourishes, another doesn't. And it's just another reminder, right, that maybe God is calling you to be that in your family, maybe even among your siblings, uh, maybe you got siblings and, and you guys try to do it together and, you know, somebody's not flourishing. Then you go ahead and flourish. You go ahead and become everything that you can be. Don't be hindered by that. Uh, when I first got saved, me and my sister are a year apart and we were so close. Our entire life, it was like me and her were like that. We were like that through elementary, through junior high, through high school, um, you know, in my neighborhood. You know, it was I mean, we were we, we grew up very, very tight. And into our young adult life, we were tight. We hung out when we were clubbing and partying. Wherever my sister clubbed, I would take all my little, you know, hoodlum buddies and we would go be at that club so nobody could bother my sister, you know. Um, that was our relationship. You know, we were tight. So I got saved. And I'm thinking the first person I need to get saved is her so we can still kick it. I mean, we got, you know, I, I need her to be saved. And so my sister is the first person I shared my faith with. It's the first person I sat down and said, man, this is what God has shown me. This is what I've done. You know, do it. Just do it. With, you know, you come on, too. And she didn't come on right away. Um, she's been saved now for, for several years, and she's doing really well and flourishing, but not right away. And there was an option at that point. You know, I either, either kind of fall back with her because we drank together. Um, we both did comedy clubs, and it was the kind of comedy that you listen to when you're not a believer is not... God ain't in that, you know, but it, wasn't, it was like all the things we had in common. I got saved and I'm like, nah, okay, I don't want to go there. Nah, I don't really go there no more. Nah, I don't drink that either. And it was like, man, we, we had, I don't listen. You got the new, what's the name? No, nah, I don't, I don't really listen to that no more either. And it was just like, man, we just, for a season, I, I lost her. I lost my sister. You know, we didn't have the close ties. Um, it just was what it was. Um, that was better than me rolling with her. Um, just that I stayed where I needed to be because eventually she joined me. Um, but maybe some of you guys are hindered by family relationships. Uh, don't be. Um, that You don't have to be. Uh, that's a choice. And so um, sometimes uh, that, that's going to be the call that some people have to make in order to move forward in their walk with the Lord and to go ahead and allow there to be a severance uh, with even, even family. Uh, anybody that would hold you back. When the Bible says that bad company corrupts good character, 
Uh, it, it doesn't, it, it's not just outside. There's, there's, when it says bad company corrupts good character, that means fam- there's families involved in that too. Um, as my kids have grown up, my BJ's become very curious because we got lots of family. But my family's really, um, it's just broken. You know, there's, it's just a lot of stuff that I wouldn't, I wouldn't expose my son to or my daughters to. Um, there are people that my daughter have never met because I got uncles and cousins and people that they don't care if it's a niece or I'd be done kill somebody, you know, for looking at my daughters or saying something sideways. I wouldn't be, I'll be gone. Clinton be here. I'll be, y'all come, y'all be writing me letters at the local penitentiary, you know. And so BJ, we seen, we had a funeral and we saw pictures and all oh, those, those are your cousins. And he's like, oh, those are my cousins. That's, you know, and I'm like, there's a reason why I ain't never took you out there uh, and probably won't. Um, they are your cousins by blood that there ain't nothing there's I, I can't find any benefit I can't find anything that you know they're a little all a little older than him and I'm like yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't put you out there like that you know bad company corrupts good character even if they share your last name and so um, and now if it's your husband or wife you got to deal with it but other than that you need to pray about if, if it's hindering you you need to pray about some separation and so again Manasseh they gain uh, they gain uh, 20,000, 500 people. Uh, but Ephraim, uh, verses 35 to 37, Ephraim ends up losing 8,000 men. And so now look at 38 to 41, the tribe of Benjamin. It says the sons of Benjamin, according to their families, were, and in verse 41, uh, those who were numbered of them were 45,600. Uh, so Benjamin is going to be another tribe that gains uh, significantly uh, earlier they were 35,400, now they're 45,600. So they've gained 10,200 men in their time, uh, the tribe of Benjamin. You know, they, they've advanced, they've gained, there's more to them. I'm going to read off the next ones uh, a little quicker because I want to get to something else before we get to communion. So uh, verses 42 to 43, the tribe of Dan, they gained. Uh, in result, they gained 1,700 men, small gain. Uh, but they made improvements in a time when most people were not. So verses 44 to 47, tribe of Asher, they also gained. Um, they went from 41,500 to 53,400 men, a gain of 11,900 men. So they also gained. Verses 48 through 50, the tribe of Naphtali, they lost. Uh, the tribe of Naphtali uh, initially was 53,400. They're reduced to 45,400 loss of 8,000 people. And now come to verse 51, we're gonna pick up here. So in this group, um, now we've looked at the individual tribes, but now we kind of back off at the bigger picture and we're looking at the, the, the whole of Israel. It says, even though we're, the tribes are gonna be the ones that get land, right? If they go to war, if Israel goes to war, it would be the number of people from each of those tribes that can go to war. So now it still comes back together where it matters. Uh, the total number for everybody matters. They, they were doing it by tribe, but the whole group ends up mattering. Look at verse 51. It says, these are those who were numbered of the children of Israel, 601,730. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, to these, the land shall be divided as an inheritance according to the number of names. To a large tribe, you shall give a larger inheritance. And to a small tribe, you shall give a smaller inheritance. Each shall be given its inheritance according to those who were numbered of them. And so as we look at the, the end number, earlier Israel had 
603,550 men. Now they have, 38 years later, they have 601,730. And so even though some tribes gained a lot, some tribes lost a lot, they're almost right. There's, eight, there's 1,820 men difference in all of Israel. So, and it's at a loss. So it's 3% less than they, they had in the beginning. What do we, what's the point of that? Why, why did God number it? Why did he count them earlier and count them now? I think it's to show us this, right? That in 38 years, they not only had not made any progress, but they've lost a little. The normal way that it would go, after 38 years, they'd be, there'd be tons of more kids, tons of more babies. The natural process would be that they would be exploding. Um, if they had 603,000, they should be in the they should be in the millions by now. They should be the, the numbers should be exploding over 38 years. But God said, "Look, they just stayed stuck, almost right in the same place." Uh, with that many people, it's, it's a, the, the the number of loss or growth is to where you can't really see any difference. There's, it's not much difference at all. It's a little bit worse if you be real specific, but it's not much different at all in 38 years. God forbid that any of us. And our walk with the Lord and relationship with the Lord with 38 years and there'd be no difference. That's a fail. If you go, I mean, 38 years and nothing changed, that's a problem. Would you guys agree? That's a long time to see nothing happen. Um, you know, we, we, we're, we're looking for change. We're looking for transformation. We're looking to make progress. We're looking for growth. We're looking for spiritual growth and, and, and moving forward. None of us wants to stay stuck. And so I wanted to point out, uh, um, if you're writing notes, you can write this down, write down Matthew 25, 29. And um, I saw, I was looking at it in two different places in Matthew, but uh, in each place, you know, God was in one, it was a talent and another, you know, God was explaining to them his, his measure of, you know, how God determines who he blesses, how God doles out rewards and in the eternal sense. And so in Matthew 25, 29, it comes to the end of, you know, a, a parable that he's uh, teaching them about the talents in verse 29 he says uh, after he's taken away the talents from the guy that was unfaithful and given them to the guy that had more in verse 20 chapter 25 29 in Matthew it says for to everyone who has more will be given and he will have an abundance but from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away and there's a spiritual principle there. God says, look, to those that are, he has, because he's been faithful with what I've given him already, I'm going to give him an abundance. I'm going to continue to pour it on. He's faithful. And in the kingdom of God, God's standard is faithfulness. It's not giftedness. It's not talentedness, if that's even a word. Um, it's not, it's nothing other than faithful. And I love that because everybody can be faithful, Right. I can't be what somebody else is. I got, I got a limited set of gifts myself. Uh, I am what God made me. And so with what God made me, I can be faithful. And every one of you, with what God made you to be, you can be faithful. With the kingdom of God, none of us are in competition with each other because we're all, we're all kind of dependent. In the same way that this tribe that lost and this tribe that gained, when it all comes together, the tribe that gained, they're going to get a bigger inheritance. But when it comes time for battle and war, that tribe that lost hurts all of us. So in the kingdom of God, we're not, we're not really competing. I'm not trying to see if I can do it better than him. And no, he's not as good as me. No, if, the, if we're all, the better that we all are, the more effective that we all are at accomplishing everything God gave us to do. That's the mentality of 
the kingdom of God. We're not in competition. Every single one of, one of us wants to be faithful with what he gave us. And I want to be encouraging the people next to me, hey, be faithful because God blesses faithfulness and you be faithful and encourage me to be faithful. Let's challenge each other when we see each other not being faithful. But if we're all faithful, we're all going to be blessed individually and collectively. We're going to be, that's the best case scenario for any gathering, any church, any group of believers that everybody be found faithful. And so again here, even though when you look at the different groups, some excelled, some were kind of right, stayed right where they were. Some lost a little, some lost a lot. In result, the whole tribe, the whole group, 38, you know, the, in 38 years, we haven't made progress. We've actually, we're actually less. There's less now, less power, less people. We haven't gained anything. And so I would just encourage us with that from Matthew, right? That that's not God. God wrote these things down for our admonition that we would look and say, man, God, help me not to waste this life. Help me not to waste my years. Help me not to waste the opportunities that are before me. Help me not to look back and see less. Uh, help me not to look back and see that, man, I'm, I've, I'm losing ground rather than gaining ground in spiritual things. Um, you know, however many years you've been in the Lord, hopefully you know the word better now. Hopefully that it's, it's sown in deeper now. Hopefully you're a person of more faith now. Uh, hopefully you look back and you always look back and see a version of you that's not as far along as your current version. And you're always looking ahead to, you know, what you're going to be because God's never he's not done with us yet. But hopefully none of us are looking in the rear view and see a better version of ourselves. Hopefully none of us look in the rear view and see a version of us that was more on fire, more obedient, more faithful, you know, more diligent, more committed. Hopefully that, that's not the case. If it is the case, the remedy is in Revelation chapter 2. Uh, as Jesus told the church of Ephesus, I have this one thing against you that you've left your first love. And he gave them the remedy. He said, remember from where you have fallen. Repent. That word we talked about earlier. Uh, change your mind and your direction, repent. And he says, and then do the first works. And I always say, repeat, remember, repent and repeat. What's the remedy for, you know, having, having looking in the rear view and seeing a better version of me. I think it's revelation two, five. Remember what was it like back then when it was, when I was back there, was I reading the Bible more? Was I praying more? Was I evangelizing more? Was I just more obedient? Did I have a more sensitive heart? Was I, is there something I'm doing now that I wasn't doing then that's got me off track? Let me look back and remember what it was. Let me repent of having left that place. I mean, make a new direction. Repentance is not just a confession. It's not a mental acknowledgement. It's, God, I'm, I'm, I'm turning from it. I changed my mind. I agree that I left you, and I'm coming back to you. So I'm turning around this way to come back to you again. And then repeat the first works. Do what you were doing back then. And the cool thing is God will take you back, right? Take you back, guaranteed. He doesn't tell you to remember, repent, and repeat if he's not going to take you back when you do it. So, so if you, if you look in the rearview mirror and see a better version, then that's for you. You remember, you repent, you repeat, you come back and get back on track with the Lord, right? There's enough grace for you to come now. There's enough mercy. Everything we need to be able to keep it moving forward is made available. So take advantage of it and, and, and let, let this be a new season, a new opportunity for you to, to gain ground, to move forward in that which God has called you to do and given you to do in this life. And so yeah, they were stagnant over these years. Um, we're going to finish off, uh, look at verse 55 now. So to the smaller tribes, they get a small inheritance. The bigger tribes get a bigger one. Uh, verse 55, but the land shall be divided by lot. They shall inherit according to the names of their tribes, of their fathers. According to the lot of their inheritance, they shall be divided between larger and smaller. 
And these are those who were numbered of, I'm sorry, we're going to end at verse 56. Verse 57 starts with the division of the Levites who, if you guys remember, the Levites' inheritance was the Lord. And it, it will, that'll take us into chapter 27 as we look at the Levites and we move into uh, chapter 27. I want to end today with this. Um, just three questions for you to ask yourself. You can write them down in your journal, your notes, if you're taking notes. One, is there anything that you need to move forward with? Right. Remember, we said in the very beginning that 38 years earlier, they had planned, prepared. They had everything they had, they had direction to go in. They had they had everything they needed 38 years ago to move forward. But they didn't have faith in God. And so they didn't take a step of faith. And so the, so we're talking about it 38 years later after they've lost a bunch. Is there something that you need to move forward? with? Is there something that you've been sitting on? There's something that God has spoken to you, continue to speak to you about, stirring up your heart about it. And you're just sitting on it like an egg. And you haven't moved forward and now you're losing ground. Maybe you're even losing hope. Maybe you're losing even the, the desire to do it. But it's, it's it, God keeps speaking to you about it. Is there something you need to move forward with? Um, may you be encouraged to, to not sit any longer, but to take a step, take some step, do something by faith. It may take some step of faith in the direction that God has called you to do. And so if that's you, um, question number two, are you gaining or are you losing? As you look at your life, as we looked at them, some of them gained, some of them lost individual tribes. You're an individual believer. You're an individual Christian, an individual child of God. Are you gaining or are you losing? And that goes right on along what we just looked at. Are you, if, you, if you look back in the rear view and see a better version, you're losing. If you look back in the rear view and see that, you know what, I, I'm, not where I'm, I'm not done yet, but I'm making improvements, you're gaining. Are you gaining or are you losing? And, and we already gave the remedy if you find that you're losing. Um, you know, you want to acknowledge it for what it is and then you want to remember, repent and repeat. You want to make that right. And last thing, and I hope it just is an encouragement to all of us. But as I read this and I, I, I mean, I've read the whole story and I've looked at Israel's disobedience, the disobedience of the parents, disobedience of the kids and the fact that God is still planning to take them in. It kind of blows me away. I'm looking at how God is just man. look at how he loves his kids. Look at how he loves them. He loves them, period. Like, that's how he loves. God loves them. He loves them disobedient. He loves them when they don't have faith. He loves them when they won't do the right thing. Even if they go and do idolatry and they, they mess up, he loves them still. For you guys that have been doing judges and you're looking at that cycle of, you know, round and around. And at one point, you know, God said, that's it. I'm not going to help you anymore. And then as they were getting smashed on, he said he couldn't take it and he just had to go help. And you just see what a merciful God that we have. That shouldn't lead us to go on and sin. That should lead us. The Bible says the goodness of God brings us to what? Repentance, right? As you meditate on his goodness, it ought to just melt you down where you just say, man, he is so good. I know I'll never earn his goodness. I know I'll never earn God's, but I just want my life to say thank you at least. Can I just show God, can I show my gratitude through an obedient life? a life of worship of him he's worthy of that he's so deserving of it for who he is all he's done for us and then as we look at this here because as you study the bible we're learning about these tribes but you're always learning about god and what i'm learning about god in this chapter is yeah you reap what you sow yeah you guys lost yeah you guys gained but the fact that god is still making plans to take them into the promised land tells me that he's amazingly merciful and gracious and he is a good god with good plans for his kids and so we want to learn from that, and um, 
walk boldly and obediently before our God. Amen. And so, Lord, we thank you for uh, just the, the lesson here in this chapter as the tribe, some gain, some loss, Lord. Um, thank you for the things that we learn about them, things we learn about you and even the things that you've spoken to us. That's all we have time for today on A Transforming Word. Thanks for tuning in. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Numbers, and we pray that it's been eye-opening for you. In this book, you see how God dealt with sin and disobedience in the Israelite camp, but you also get a sense of how God delights in obedience and a soft heart. The people then were no different than people today. It's all human nature, plagued with the curse of sin, but God didn't leave their side, and He remains by your side today. So if you're ever in doubt about God's goodness, faithfulness, or steadfastness, be reminded that God cares about you, loves you, and is there for you. We hope you continue to learn more from the book of Numbers, and we encourage you to read ahead on your own. If you're interested in listening to additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you can find them on our website, at CalvaryInglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. If you live in the Inglewood area or happen to be passing through, come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at CalvaryInglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. Then you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is CalvaryInglewood.org. Before you go, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience, and we pray you continue to look to Jesus. Thanks again for joining us, and be sure to catch our next edition of A Transforming Word.